College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, your liberty-loving Latino amigo right here, 17 blocks away from Madison Square Garden, New York City. And Elon Musk, he's Time Magazine's Person of the Year, and he says no to the vaccine mandates. We're going to get to that audio in a second. We're also going to talk about what Elon Musk had to say to good old Senator Pocahontas, or should I say Focahontas, And you got to hear this song. But first, I want to go to this clip of Elon Musk because I think he uh, he hits the nail on the head. He's spot on. Are you vaccinated? If I yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm very very pro vaccination. We've uh, the science is unequivocal. I treat it to that effect. But by the same token, I I am against forcing people to be vaccinated. You know, I think this is just not something we should do in America. I think we should encourage people to be vaccinated strongly try to convince them to be vaccinated, right. but not force them to be vaccinated or, or, for example, force them to get vaccinated or get fired. And that's the bottom line. But that's where we're at right now. There are people that are saying, hey, if you don't get this, you don't get that. I mean, and it's just getting worse and worse. It seems that people are just absolutely fixated on these variants and Omicron and all of that stuff, losing sight of the fact that all of that stuff really doesn't matter all that much. If you can't work now, I know some people are saying, no, 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 Rich, hold on a second. You you got it wrong. It's your health that comes first and your livelihood second. I'd say it's debatable, especially at this point. But Elon Musk didn't stop there. He called Senator Elizabeth Warren, Senator Karen, quote unquote, this is according to the New York Post. And he said that she reminded him of an angry mom on Tuesday after the Massachusetts senator said that the Tesla CEO should pay more in taxes, saying, let's quote, Let's change the rigged tax code so the person of the year will actually pay taxes and stop freeloading off of everyone else, Warren tweeted. Obviously making a a statement about Elon Musk and taking a dig at him because he is Time Magazine's 2021 person of the year. He responds in his own tweet, stop projecting. Musk replied with a link to a Fox News opinion article arguing that the Massachusetts Democrat senator lied about having Native American roots in order to benefit from affirmative action policy. So here you have a white woman, and you guys know the story. That's why they call her Pocahontas and Focahontas, because she pretended to be Native American. He goes on and he says, you remind me of when I was a kid and my friend's angry mom would just randomly yell at everyone for no reason. Please don't call the manager on me, Senator Karen. Really funny stuff. I will retweet this stuff so that you could see it if you want to take a look at it. At Rich Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez. Now, this stuff, I, I, find, um, I find great joy in this stuff because I love it when people troll back on the left because they tend to try to create this alternate reality. They try to create this, I don't know, how do we uh, frame it? This just bizarro world 
where everything they say goes. And if they said it, it's right. You know, I had an argument earlier or an exchange, a conversation with a with someone, an individual that says to me, Congress has a right to everyone's taxes. And I'm thinking, why would Congress have a right to everyone's taxes? Obviously, I don't believe Congress does have a right to everyone's taxes. And I'm not switching gears on the subject yet, but I am making the point that some people get so caught up and are so full of crap and so full of themselves that they'll say anything just to win an argument. Totally sidestepping the truth because they don't care. So I love it when you have somebody like Elon Musk that's like, you know what? I'm rich enough. I'm smart enough. I'm whatever enough, ballsy enough, whatever it is. I'm going to push back on this lady. So good for him. Now, you got to hear this. This song, it's hysterical. This is from Dr. Fauci's boss. Now, Dr. Fauci's boss, Dr. Francis Collins, he literally sang a song. It's kind of creepy, but funny at the same time. Listen to this. Somewhere past the pandemic, when we're free, there's a life I remember full of activity. Somewhere past the pandemic, masks will come off. No more need for a nose swab every time we cough. As we are gathered here today, COVID's toll has hit and sent us reeling. Is it okay but if I stop in here? Like the ones right here will help to make the path. I think that's like nails across a chalkboard. It was so painful, but that's exactly what, what uh, we have. Dr. Francis Collins, of course, he's the boss of Dr. Fauci saying somewhere over the rainbow, this pandemic will end. I don't know if that's the uh, foreshadowing that it's coming soon. I hope it is, but good old paging Dr. Fauci, paging Dr. Fauci, the Fauchster himself. He went viral yesterday for an older video from uh, May of 2020, I believe it was, where he told Mark Zuckerberg that there have been instances where the vaccine has actually made infections worse. Now, this one is um, all the talk amongst the, uh, I don't know what to call them. I don't like to insult anybody. I don't want to say the conspiracy crowd because, I mean, so many times things that, that are conspiracy theories end up being real. So that's not the point I'm trying to make. The point I'm trying to make is, he came under fire again because this stuff popped up on Twitter. And I want you to hear what he said because I think it makes a lot of sense. And this may be my own controversial uh, opinion of this stuff. But I think that most vaccines, like historically speaking, have always killed about 15 or 20 percent of the people that take them, which is why I've kind of always shied away from that as often as I can. So my thought is that's that's out there. I think the, the data's out there. He's even admitting to it as much right here. But you listen to it. You be the judge. Check this out. This would not be the first time if it happened that a vaccine that looked good in initial safety actually made people worse. There was the history of the respiratory syncytial virus vaccine in children, which paradoxically made the children worse. Hold on a second. 
it made the children worse. Yeah, that's exactly what it did. That happens with these things. This is why I say it's a gamble. It's a risk. When Trump got into office, he started that whole right to try act. I think that was a great thing. And everybody should have a right to try if you're going to drop dead. Now, if you're not dropping dead, why on earth would I want this vaccine? Why on earth would I want to experiment? And why in the name of all that is good and holy would I want to give it to a five-year-old child? Especially after he said what he just said. But let's continue. One of the HIV vaccines that we tested several years ago actually made individuals more huh. likely you to get say. infected. It actually made individuals more likely to get infected, he says. Now, that that doesn't sound good to me. Several years ago, actually made individuals more likely to get infected. It actually made individuals more likely to get infected. Now, he's not saying that across the board as a blanket statement that that's going to happen every time. No. But it's a risk. And I get it. I hear on the radio, I hear these debates about people saying there are tens of thousands of people that have died as a result of the vaccine. I get it. There's probably, you know, tens of millions that have taken it. So obviously the good is outweighing the bad. Now I know if you're listening, you're saying, oh my God, Rish, no, you're, don't tell me you've become a, a vaxxer. No, I'm not, I'm not a vaxxer. I'm just saying you take your chances with that stuff. I prefer not to. And I think anybody in their right mind, if you're, if you're my age, if you're whatever, you really ought to really consider this stuff. God has given us immunity for so many different things. We don't need to start experimenting now. I mean, if you're 75 years old, you want to take it. If you're in your 60s and you have different ailments, hey, you do you. But my point is, he's on the record. This stuff is out there. And it hit Twitter yesterday. Somebody kind of retweeted, I guess, as a way back Wednesday type of thing. And boom caught on like wildfire everybody's saying you see there he is Fauci we got him he admitted it he told the truth for once <laughs> right and I think he always sprinkles in a little bit but this is um the report from um NBC 9 News saying that in this conversation that he had in March of 2020 with Mark Zuckerberg the founder of Facebook Twitter users went berserk because of the video claiming that Fauci told Zuckerberg regarding the COVID-19 vaccine that this would not be the first time it happened, that a vaccine that looked good in initial safety actually made people worse. The video had more than 830,000 views as of Tuesday the 14th. Now, he's talking about a, a myriad of things and a vaccine from back in the day, which he cited in the audio. But some people thought he was talking about this COVID-19 vaccine. But the point I'm making is he might as well be talking about the COVID-19 vaccine because that can actually happen. We won't know until time tells. And that's the issue. That is the problem. We have to put ourselves in a position where we're safe rather than sorry. Right? I hope that makes sense. Anyway, moving right along. There's a couple of hospitals that are now tossing the vaccine mandates out because of staffing shortages. And this is in humanevents.com. Some hospitals are tossing the COVID-19 vaccine mandates to ease labor shortages. Oh, so the idea that we're going to fire healthcare professionals, nurses, and others that don't have the vaccine only to hire them back and relax or waive these ridiculous mandates to begin with because we need these people. The same people that were on the front line giving their lives, getting sick when everybody else was dying in the ICU in 2020. I mean, you just can't make this up. To me, I think, man, you're a special kind of stupid 
if you subscribe to this mandate on the people in healthcare. Now, people look at me, and I'm sure they, they say, no, 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 hold on a second. You're a special kind of stupid if you don't take the vaccine in healthcare because you're exposed to all these other people, yada, yada, yada. I've got to say, how many illnesses and diseases and ailments don't people in healthcare get exposed to on a regular basis? Now, granted, this might be more contagious than others, but the big but here is, is everybody getting every vaccine to every single thing, every single flu shot, every single strand, every pneumonia shot just to work in healthcare? Has that ever been a prerequisite? No. For some places it may be. Okay, I get it. There's always a, a one-off type of thing. But by and large, all these people that I know that work in healthcare that are losing their jobs, they've never had to do this before. That's why they're flipping out. It's not always about, I don't like the vaccine, but it is always about, stop telling me what to do. You've never told me what to do before. Why are we starting now? But some of the largest hospital systems in the United States are ditching the vaccine mandate, especially after a federal judge temporarily halted the Biden administration's rule that healthcare workers must get them. Now, according to the Wall Street Journal, hospital operators, including healthcare uh, facilities and different companies that they're citing here that I'm not going to give a free plug to, are saying that they're getting rid of these mandates. Good for them. Good for them. Advent Health, the Cleveland Clinic, I will give them a shout out. The others, not so much. Hospitals nationwide are struggling with high hospitalization rates and soaring labor costs on top of a lack of staff because they don't have nurses and technicians, even janitors, because they don't have the vaccine. Now, if we take that a step further, I'm sure we'll find out that many of these people are like me, black and brown, black and brown. If you live your life through the lens of racism and all you see is color, then you'll see black and brown. So doesn't that make it racist? Well, uh, we, we've gone down that road and obviously the left can never be racist, but Anybody who's not on the left, then you're always a racist. Now, many hospitals are already struggling to find workers pre-pandemic, according to this piece, saying that the shortages were compounded by burnout among medical workers and the lure of high pay rates offered to traveling nurses during the pandemic. As of September 30th, workers at over 2,000 hospitals that were surveyed by the CDC have workers that are unvaccinated, 30%. In November, a federal judge in Louisiana ruled that centers, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services did not have the authority to mandate vaccines for healthcare workers, placing a roadblock in the Biden administration's rule. Ooh, la la. The mandate had uh, required all workers at the facilities that participate with Medicare and Medicaid to get their second vaccine by January 4th. Not all hospital systems are tossing the mandate. Kaiser Permanente, I shouldn't have shouted them out because they're saying no. They have 39 hospitals and hundreds of medical offices, and they're saying that their employees only have until December, which passed already, to get vaccinated. On Wednesday, the hospital system terminated hundreds of employees for a refusal to do so, and another 1,500 employees faced termination in early January unless they get the vax. Man, well, this goes on. I'm not going to read it all to you, but that's in Human Events if you want to check it out uh, as of December 13th. Now, this is messed up, I think, but that's where we're at. You've got good old Francis Collins singing his rainbow song, strumming his guitar. Good old patron Dr. Fauci. Good old Dr. Fauci, the Fauchster, sitting there telling you, man, yeah, this stuff can kill you, and we won't know until later. And you've got some hospitals that are twisting people's arms. What are they going to do? I know of some companies that are saying, look, we'll give you two grand if you can find us a person of color that we can hire because they're so woke. The problem is they're going to need a lot more than two grand to find somebody of color that doesn't want the vaccine. 
Aha, taste the soup, right? That's a little homage to Eddie Murphy. Anyway, keep it locked right there. We want to talk about the media, about Chris Wallace being out at Fox News, plus what Joe El Baboso Biden had to say. All of that and a whole lot more. Don't move a muscle. Rich Valdez, this is America. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at one of 25 $1,000 savings plan deposits for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Look for the Save Now, Save Later giveaway under the scholarships page. Log on and register today. That's iowastudentloan.org. The world is always on, but you shouldn't be. Put junk sleep to bed. During Mattress Firm's sleeping spree event, save up to 50% on ceiling with queen mattresses starting at $349.99. Only at Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. See store or mattressfirm.com for details. This is America. He's brown, he's bald, and he's breaking it down. This is America with Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S. And we're going to talk about Joe El Baboso Biden and what he's got to say. Because, you know, obviously he says, who cares about liberty anyway? Now, this is um, Joe El Baboso Biden. I'm on Mr. Producer's Rumble page taking a look at this video. And I think it's remarkable the way he is so flippant. So, so, so flippant about your freedom, my freedom, our individual liberties here in the United States. And he's our president. But I want you to listen to this. And so everybody talks about freedom and not to have a to have a shot or have a test. Well, guess what? And so how about patriotism? How about making sure that you're vaccinated so you do not spread the disease to anybody else? What about that? What's the big deal? What's the big deal, he says, Joe El Baboso Biden. Now, what's interesting here is he just doesn't give a damn. He doesn't give a damn. He gets impatient and he will do whatever, whatever the heck he feels like doing. And, and that, to me, is the part that's really, uh, not only is that unfair, but it's just unjust. It's unequitable, as they might say. Excuse you. Now, there's a piece from December 13th in The Hill by Luke Wake. He's an opinion contributor at The Hill. Headline, when a president's impatience supersedes freedom. Now, I thought that uh, headline was so appropriate with this audio that we just heard from Joe El Baboso Biden. Because when he announced that the OSHA administration, uh, Occupational Health and Safety Administration, I probably said that wrong, but I don't care. I'm me. Would impose a national vaccine mandate on employers. He said his patience was wearing thin. 
with those Americans who'd opted against vaccination. Now, of course, Biden is entitled to his own views on the benefits of vaccination, et cetera, et cetera. Just as everybody else has an opinion on the matter. But in a free country, the president doesn't get to meddle in our lives. Whenever he furrows his brows in annoyance, like he's about to scold us, or at least that's what we're taught in civics class. Yet the practical reality is that modern presidents wield far greater powers than the Constitution permits. Under accepted norms dating back to the New Deal era, the president now holds extraordinary power that the founding fathers never intended. With the wave of a pen, he can force millions of Americans to bend to his will. So setting aside our views on the efficacy of vaccination or the propriety of government mandates, it is worth stepping back to consider how the present controversy fits within the larger context of our ever-expanding regulatory state and what we might call Biden's imperial presidency. And the author goes on to talk about a few different things, and it's a really good piece. I think you should read it, check it out in The Hill. The bottom line here is he tried to force people to do it. They said, you can never do that. And he said, okay, I can't do that because it's unconstitutional. Oh, but we can force OSHA to do it to the companies that OSHA has jurisdiction over. But then the courts say, well, no, you can't really do that because it's it's outside of OSHA's scope. So they say, well, you know what? Well, doesn't mean we can't keep scaring people into compliance, like pain compliance. I'll twist your arm or bend your thumb until you do what I want you to do. And that's exactly where we are. Yet this is exactly what they blamed Trump of doing when he didn't do it. But they blamed him for it. Now, if that weren't enough, CNN fires ex-Cuomo producer accused of luring girls for sexual subservience training. This is Ben Kesslin in the New York Post. Now, you've heard this story already, but we didn't get a chance to discuss it yet because uh, I had to take a couple of days off to deal with a couple of things in preparation for some big stuff I'm doing on the radio. But a veteran CNN producer who worked for shoulder to shoulder with ex-anchor Chris Cuomo has been fired after it was revealed that he bragged about luring girls as young as seven years old to his home for sexual subservience training. That's a quote. John Griffin, 44 years old, what a scumbag, was indicted Friday by a federal grand jury in Vermont for attempting to, quote, induce minors to engage in unlawful sexual activity, according to the Justice Department. CNN announced his suspension that same day. The charges against Mr. Griffin are, excuse me, <clears throat> getting tongue-tied here. I can barely read this stuff. Quote, the charges against Mr. Griffin are deeply disturbing. We learned of his arrest Friday afternoon and terminated his employment Monday, a CNN spokesperson told the New York Post. Griffin is facing a mandatory minimum of 10 years on each of the three counts. Good. The former New Day producer bragged on LinkedIn about working shoulder to shoulder with lead anchor Chris Cuomo, seeing him through each show and producing live breaking news across the country and around the world. Here's a picture of him, Cuomo and some young lady in front of the White House on the ellipse. Look at that. According to court documents, Griffin of Stanford, Connecticut, attempted to lure at least four girls ages 16, 14, 13, and 9. I thought they said seven before. What's going on here? Is this fake news? Better not be. Trying to lure him to his Vermont ski house for quote-unquote training sessions on such things as spanking and Parental discretion advised cock worship. That's a quote in the newspaper. Reportedly saying a woman is a woman regardless of her age. What a sick bastard. 
Griffin allegedly advised the mother of a nine and 13 year old daughter that she needed to ensure her girls were quote unquote trained properly. Wow. The DOJ said now he then gave the mother Heather Carricker $3,000. So she and the nine year old could fly from their home in Henderson, Nevada to Boston in July of 2020. There, Mr. Griffin picked up the two girls in his Tesla and drove them to his house in Vermont. During the visit, the daughter was directed to engage in and did engage in unlawful sexual activity. Her mother was a part of it. How sick is this? The mother was arrested in August of 2020 and charged with two counts of child abuse, two counts of sexual assault against a child under 14, and one count of lewdness with a minor under 14 years old, according to a CBS Las Vegas affiliate. Carriker told authorities she brought several sex toys with her on the trip. Court records obtained by VT Digger, a local Vermont news show. My goodness. Another picture with Chris and his pedo friend. Now, police in Nevada first learned of incidents after someone came across text messages on the woman's phone, forced her daughter to join, according to the newspaper. She apparently told police her daughter took pictures of her to document progress of bruising, bruising that was received during consensual play with her boyfriend, according to the arrest report. Wow. Absolutely sick. Here's a third picture of Cuomo holding this man as if he were a baby, while the man holds a small, like, beanie baby or stuffed animal, but not an animal, a stuffed pope. It's actually the pope. Wow. It's like a little cartoon plush of the pope. Griffin also used Kick and Google to entice two other kids into sexual activity, the indictment said. In April 2020, Griffin allegedly suggested a quote-unquote virtual training session over a video chat where he would instruct the mother and her 14-year-old daughter to remove their clothes and touch each other. The feds want Griffin to forfeit his home and his Tesla, among other possessions, that he used to allegedly carry out these crimes. Wow. I had a tough time getting through that because I have a daughter that's 16 and another daughter that's 20. And this guy, he's the nightmares that I've had since they were little kids. Thank God we're okay. But I feel so bad for those kids that were betrayed by their own parents. That's absolutely disgusting. I hate to get on this righteous soapbox. I try to be funny and witty and have a good time with this stuff and give my reaction to the news of the day. But here, what kind of reaction can you give to this type of sick stuff? This stuff, this is what makes me stress eat. This is what drives me nuts, right? This is why, and I haven't gained any weight, thank God. But this is the stuff that'll do that where you think, man, you gotta watch out for your kids because they're sickos with mental health issues everywhere. Now, listen, mental health has become a part of the global conversation, not only on the public stage, but also on individual personal levels and everyday level. Learning how to manage daily stress and anxious thoughts is something that we all want to do, but many of us don't even know where to begin. And that's why I use Noom. Noom.com slash this is America. It helps me kind of stay focused so that I don't go stress eating and hit the drive through because of crazies like this guy. Noom Mood is an excellent app. Noom.com slash this is America. It's here to guide you to mental wellness, give you the tools you need to tackle stress, to make sure that you stay hydrated, to make sure that you uh, track your meals. 
and you get to kind of gauge your mood. It's terrific. With Noom, N-O-O-M dot com slash this is America, you get a personal trial. So I want you to check that out. Go to Noom.com slash this is America because you'll be able to take this journey one step at a time. It's an app, so you'll get to do it anytime, anywhere. And you get a team of dedicated coaches that'll help you. They'll be your support system along the way on your journey. So listen, you're a lot stronger than any of the stress, irrespective of the news. It's time to worry less and feel happier. Sign up for your trial at Noom.com slash this is America. That's N-O-O-M, Nancy, Oscar, Oscar, Mary.com slash this is America. Now, straight ahead, we're going to jump into a couple of more headlines. Plus, I want you to hear some more audio. So don't move a muscle. Keep it locked right there. I am Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America. The 45th President Donald Trump thinks it's an honor to speak with Rich Valdez. Oh, very good. It's an honor. Thanks, Rich. The honor is all yours. Conservative talk with a dash of sofrito. Now, here's Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S. And I want to get into this story about stuff that's going on in Philly. And it's not necessarily about Philly, although I want to give a big shout out to 1210 WPHT, my radio home on the weekends. Big shout out to everybody over there. But this story has to do with more crazy stuff against kids. This time, it's a teacher that decided that she's going to announce her lesbianism to her classroom. And how and why? Well, let's hear it from her directly. I would have done this yesterday. My name's Miss Watsy. I'm, and I'm here. <laughs> yeah. All right. When she says I'm here, what what's happening here is that Miss Watsy is like bending her wrist as if making like a, a gesture with her hand that she's gay. Let's continue. <laughs> Thank you. Now they're applauding her for her courage of telling people that she's a lesbian. Now, if all things are fair, if I go around saying, hey, I was married to a woman, I'm straight. I want, where's my applause? It, should I expect applause for my sexual orientation? Now, of course, people are going to say, no, 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 Rich, you're getting it wrong. We're not applauding her for her sexual orientation. We're applauding her to have the courage to be gay in a society where gay is bad. Hello, is it 1920? Gay is the freaking coolest thing ever, right? I mean, it's celebrated everywhere you go. They have rainbows, they have parades, they've got everything, you name it. What's uncool is being straight. What's uncool is being married. But that's where we are. And she's there explaining to her one period after the next period, after the next period, explaining to everybody that she's gay. My name is Miss Watsy, and I am. Oh, yeah. 
I'm Miss Watsy, and I am. Yeah. I mean, and it goes on and on and on and on. Seven periods worth of that. And it makes you think, what is the deal with that? Why is that happening? And to me, I think, well, you know what? The reason that this happens is because we've created this, again, this bizarro land alternate reality where now all of a sudden what's bad is good. What's good is bad. What's up is down. What's down is up. And we celebrate these things. What was once considered same-sex attraction was considered a mental illness, according to the Diagnostic Statistical Manual. And how did it change? Well, somebody that was of that persuasion said, you know what, I'm going to get to the head of the people that make that book, the American Psychological Association. I'll become president, and we'll change those rules. Fact check me on this stuff. I've seen the interview. Matter of fact, a, a guy that became a woman so a trans, a trans woman eventually took over to change gender dysphoria into um, something else. I forget what it's called now. Forgive me for not being prepared with every single fact, but interesting story. And made it from being mental illness to being, again, something you celebrate. So if you're a boy, you're 14 years old or 12 years old, you go to your doctor and you're like, you know, I think... I don't feel right. I think I'm in the wrong body. Instead of them saying, well, let's check your testosterone, son, and see if you're, you know, if you're below the level you're supposed to be. No, they'll go off the deep end and say, no, we're going to give you estrogen. Yes, that's what you need. What you need is estrogen. I mean, I, I could not imagine anything more crazy. But there we are. They are after your kids. They're after your way of life. When I say they, I mean the left. I heard some audio today uh, preparing uh, for the Mark Levin show. And it was interesting because it was about this professor from NYU. And I hate to talk about audio and not play it. But in a nutshell, this professor is talking about how the, the push for transsexual liberation is not about transsexuals or even about gays but more so it's really about changing society in a communist revolution so when i say they i'm talking about the left the communist sympathizer the marxist because that's what they do they use this stuff right communism is racism they use racism to to make everything bad capitalism is evil so capitalism's racism environmental racism, climate change, it's racism. Everything is racism. Everything is white supremacy. Everything is evil for the sake of everything being evil so they can perpetuate the change in society that they want to have. And it's crazy. And they have this obsession, this, this fixation on race. I don't understand what the deal is with this race obsession. But think of this. You ever pull up to a drive through and ask for somebody at McDonald's or wherever you're going, say, no, 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 uh, yo soy orico, latino, hispano. I, I would like the Hispanic person. Can you get me the brown drive through person? Or how about your dentist? You ever go to a dentist? And you know, maybe a blonde woman comes out or a white man or a black man or an Indian person. And you say, oh, no, no, no. I, I, I need the one that looks like me. I need a dentist that looks like me. Or how about when you go to get your oil change or your car repaired? If the mechanic doesn't look like you, does that does that throw you off? Let me know. I really want to hear, hear this because, I mean, I understand that I'm part of a, of a community, the Hispanic community. I grew up that way. 
personal referrals, um, word of mouth advertising is still very big. You know, you see people on Facebook, at least on my Facebook, I see people all the time saying, oh, I'm looking for a good whatever, and they want a referral. It's easy to go to Google. You can go to Yelp. You can go wherever you want. But people still talk to people, and that's what we do. It's part of our culture to be, oh, no, no, no. You, you like coffee? I got the best coffee, the best cafecito you're going to find, a Cuban spot. I got one right here in Bogota, New Jersey. Or, you know, whatever you want to recommend. If it's Dominican spot, you like mango, whatever it is. So the point that I'm making here is that we like the referral. But I've never, ever gone out of my way to be like, hey, I need to, to make sure that this guy's like me. Now, if you need somebody like, hey, my dad doesn't speak English. I need somebody who speaks Spanish. That's a different story. But to make this, this uh, assertion or these assumptions that I hear all the time on television that, you know, we need to have more people that look like me. And I'm thinking, why, why does the police chief have to look like me or you or anybody else? Why wouldn't we focus on the best person for the job? Now, today there was some news this morning that Eric Adams, the incoming mayor of New York City, big shout to Curtis Sliwa, who did a heck of a job trying to beat him, even though he didn't. Great campaign, very spirited. He picked Heshant Sewell the first female police commissioner of the NYPD. And congratulations to her. I don't know her at all. I don't know her by reputation. I don't know her personally. So I can't say that she's not the best person based on merit. But I can say that he has alluded to saying he wanted to hire a black person, in particular a woman. And that's the part to me where I think just like Joel Baboso Biden said, he wanted to pick a black woman as well for his running mate. Why on earth are we picking people based on what sexual parts they have and what color they are? Is it me? Am I looking at it the wrong way? But anyway, Mayor-elect Adams tapped Nassau County Chief of Detectives Keyshawn Sewell, the first female police commissioner, uh, commissioner in the history of the NYPD. New York Post interviewed her. We have a little bit of that audio. I want you to hear it. Check this out. And Mayor Adams has talked about bringing back the uh, plainclothes anti-crime unit, which is somewhat controversial. What do you feel about bringing back those kind of units? I worked in major case. Uh, I've worked with plainclothes units. I've worked with plainclothes investigators and officers for a number of years in a variety of different circumstances. Guns, gangs, drugs, and plainclothes units work. Uh, they are able to be in places where they are not able to be easily recognized. And if you use a surgical approach, if you use well-trained officers that know what their objectives are, I think you can get measurable results. So how would you, what would you say to those critics? I've been doing this for 25 years. I am ready to hit the ground running, even though there are more people with problems and issues and uh, people in policing, these tenants remain the same. I'm ready to hit the ground running. She's ready to hit the ground running. Listen, I say kudos to her. I don't know her politics. I don't know anything, but she seems legit so far. I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt. It's called giving her a chance. I'm all for it. She says plain clothes works. Sounds like the anti-crime unit's coming back. I may not like Eric Adams, at least his policies, but so far, if they're willing to crack the whip and clean up the city, something de Blasio was adamant against, then they're going to score some points with the public. Now, another uh, mayor made some decisions today, and that's Mayor London Breed. She's the San Francisco mayor, and she... Uh, you know, was infamous for, you know, going to concerts and not wearing a mask. And when they asked, why aren't you wearing a mask, Mayor? She said, 
I was watching, I don't know if it was Tony, Tony, Tony or Belle Biv DeVoe, one of those old school R&B groups. And she was like, I, I couldn't wear a mask. I, I had to be here to be in the moment. She was dancing. It was actually funny. They beat her up. But here she um, has some very choice words for the public in a press conference. Listen to this. And it's time that the reign of criminals who are destroying our city, it is time for it to come to an end. And it comes to an end when we take the steps to be more aggressive with law enforcement, more aggressive with the changes in our policies, and less tolerant of all the bullshit that has destroyed our city. We are gonna turn this around. This is a city that has a population of less than one million people with an over $12 billion budget. The residents of this city have been extremely generous in providing us with the resources we need to make a difference. And now the priorities we need to make must be to protect them, must be to turn things around in their neighborhoods. When you are in a room full of people, I would say probably anywhere between 90 and 95 percent of folks could raise their hand and say that either their car has been breaking into, broken into, or they've been a victim in some capacity or another. That is not okay. That is not acceptable. Not okay. Not acceptable. Listen, I'm all for it. You see, this is people always tell me, Rich, you always trash the Democrats. Listen, it could be lip service and it may, frankly, very well may be. But I will say to Mayor London Breed, listen, when you start saying that these progressive policies are BS because people are being victimized in your city, you're 100 percent right. That's what we've got to do. We've got to have the back of the people. We can't sit here and let things run willy nilly all over the place. Roughshod everywhere. Craziness It just can't happen. We have to protect the people. And she realized that the taxpayers are being generous with all of those billions of dollars with less than a million residents. The point is rich people want results and they will leave and you will be screwed. You won't have that tax base anymore. So I think she's a smart politician. I don't know if she's a, a good one, but she seems like a smart one so far because to me, that's of critical importance. Otherwise you end up like Chicago and in Chicago, they don't have a mayor like London breed in San Francisco. They have a mayor like Lori Lightfoot, a.k.a. Beetlejuice. Now, this one is, um, I'm going to have to come up with a name. Maybe we'll call her Lori La Loca. Yeah, maybe we'll come up with something. But Lori Lightfoot, she never has anything good to say. And I'm looking at a horrible headline. Father is beaten to death by men in front of his kids when men jumped out of a car while he was hanging Christmas lights. Crime is soaring in Chicago. Jose Tellez, 49 years old, is brutally beaten to death by two male suspects in front of his home on Sunday, uh, Saturday night while hanging Christmas decorations with two of his children. The suspected attackers had jumped out of a sedan wielding blunt objects before brutally beating Tellez in the head. The husband and father of three was taken to Advocate Christ Medical Center where he was later pronounced dead. He was remembered as a loving husband, the father, a brother, and a son, and as a community leader by his neighborhood. He had not been robbed during the course of the attack, and it remains unclear if he had been targeted. 
The suspects have yet to be identified and no arrests have been made thus far. This is heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. Again, I, I tend to relate. You know, I, I believe in humanity. I look at this guy. Looks like a, a Hispanic guy in his 40s. Hey, I happen to be one of those. He has a couple of kids and he was hanging lights. Yeah, I don't really hang lights, but I've done some decorating at times. And I like to spend time with my children. And to think of my children having to watch me get beat to death. Something they'll never forget. Absolutely horrible. It says here, Tellez worked as a gardener. And now they have little kids without parents, without their dad. Absolutely horrible, said his neighbor. This is just garbage to me. This is horrible. So, yeah, they're going to set up a GoFundMe, and I encourage you, go help them out as best you can. None of it's going to bring them back. But somebody somewhere who serves in the public good, who has the trust of the public and is here to serve we the people, somebody like Lightfoot, needs to step up and do the right thing and clean up this city. Stop the criminality. I say it all the time and I'll say it again. You have to stand for something because if you stand for nothing, you will fall for anything. And that's why I always quote, that's Hamilton, but I always quote Sir Edmund Burke who informed the founding of our country in saying, the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good men, good people like you to sit there and do nothing. We can't sit there and do nothing anymore. I don't know what happened to the days like my dad. If something like this were to happen again, and I'm not making my dad out to be some sort of superhero, although he was one to me. But he was a no-nonsense kind of guy. He meant business. And today it seems like everybody's always looking to take the high road all the time. And, and I think, how would my dad have handled that? I can tell you it's probably with a closed fist, with a small fifth of Bacardi in his back pocket wrapped in a brown paper bag. That's just who he was. Swing first, talk later. Now, I'm not saying violence is the answer to everything, but I am saying you can't let people push you around. You can't have neighborhoods where they're killing a dad hanging Christmas lights. This is America, not El Salvador. Speaking of El Salvador, in the next episode, I want to get into that. Plus, we're going to have Jim Jordan on the program, uh, so make sure you listen to that one. And listen to the last three episodes, please, because you know what? People always tell me, oh, uh, you should have an interview. You should do this. You should do that. I don't really do a lot of interviews, but the last three episodes of this program were all interviews. I interviewed Kaylee McEnany. I interviewed the son of a bomber. That, that one was probably the one I, I enjoyed the most because getting inside the head of a, of a serial bomber who was a, a radicalized American Marxist was fascinating to hear that story as told by his son. And I'll do a few more interviews before the end of the year, being that, that we have a little bit more time in the holidays uh, to do these interviews and to get them produced and get them out to you. We will definitely do that. And plus, there's a, a lot less news going on during the holidays. So I want to do that. But I want to thank you for listening. And I want to thank you for subscribing and having your friends and family subscribe. And I don't know how you share the show, but I thank you for that. I know some of you text a link of it. I know others of you. Uh, do it on social media. I thank you for all of it. And I especially thank you when you leave me those five-star ratings on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast, iHeartRadio, whatever it is, make sure you, you leave a, a review 
because that stuff means the world to me, and I will read them on the air, so make sure you leave your name and your city and whatnot. But I want to thank you for doing that and for sharing it and for following on the social media, at Rich Valdez with an S. And chime in. Let me know uh, what you liked, what you didn't like, because I, I want to be as interactive as I can. Anyway, that's what I've got for today. I want to, again, thank you so much. Without the audience, we've got nothing going on. Big shout out to our friends at Noom.com slash This Is America. And of course, our uh, buddies, our policy partners, James Agresti, the Just Facts Institute, justfacts.com slash rich. Make sure you go there. Sign up for free. You get the, the best info. If you want to debate with the libs and have some really solid info, go to that website, justfacts.com slash rich. Sign up for their mailing list. They'll send you stuff. They don't bombard you. And everything they send is just top-notch, uh, original sourced reporting in their investigations, in their research. It's literally, like the name implies, just facts. Anyway, hasta la próxima. Until the next time, America, I am Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America. In times like these, it's so important that we focus on the facts. I always tell you to focus on the facts. I think you hear that everywhere you go, and that's because facts are irrefutable. It's the bottom line. It's the real deal. And in times like this of uncertainty, we need to rely on the facts. I get my facts from JustFacts.com. That's F-A-C-T-S, JustFacts.com. Go to JustFacts.com and sign up for their newsletter, JustFacts.com forward slash rich. Just put my name in there and you'll get it for free. JustFacts.com slash rich.